Romans 8.28 says it this way. A favorite verse of all of us. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Don't you misquote that. doesn't mean that when you go through a trial, something good personally is going to happen to you. Oh, I know what. All things work for the good, so I got this flat tire. Somehow God's going to work it out that I'm going to get new tires. For free somehow. That's not what that verse means. Okay? It's not talking about some personal good or personal prosperity that's going to happen. We, we twist all these verses around. Just saying, take it to the bank. If you love God, God is always going to work it for the good. His good. For His glory. And ultimately, yes, for your good as well. Because you're His child. But sometimes we don't know what is good or what we think is good. But God does. And in His sovereignty and in His providence, in everything that happens in our life, there is no accident. God is working it out for the good. Do you believe that? Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, 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 once again, appreciate you guys tuning in. And man, so, so the guest I have on today, it's, it's really a story about why it's so important that you go to college. Even though you may not like it or you may feel like it's not for you, the, the networking and the opportunity to just connect with like-minded people is something that's going to last a lifetime. Because this next guest is someone that I had seen while I, was, while I was at Stony Brook and I was on the football team and I was, you guys know, I was doing what I was doing. <laughs> but she was always someone I saw on the basketball team and I was like, man, you know, it'd, it'd probably be good to, to chat with her one time because you could see just sort of from a distance that she had a good head on her shoulders. And then, you know, I was going through social media and I saw what she's doing now. She's doing some incredible work. Her name is Miss Tamil Murray. Welcome to the Move Swiftly podcast. How are you doing, sister? Hi. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, and I appreciate you even saying that. I didn't even know that I was noticed. So thank you. <laughs> That's college, folks. I mean, you're, you're experiencing something very real that wasn't planned. This was extremely, probably one of the realest episodes that you're going to hear because of how important it is to people always watching you. So you got to carry yourself in a certain way. And it's so important that you guys take that up. Learn from my mistakes, you know. Learn from a, a way of just carrying yourself with a certain level of class that you'll know you're being watched all the time. And that, you know, that leads me into my first question with you because my, like, like most people these days within, with Instagram, there's an opportunity to get to know someone without actually meeting them. And I noticed on your Instagram account that you start with Romans 8, 28. That was the Bible verse that you have, you know, first one. Yeah. And it says, let me make sure I get it right. Mm -hmm. And we know that in all things, God works 
for the good of those who love him, mm-hmm. who have been called according to his purpose. Camille, tell me why you led with that one. Please, tell oh us. Oh my gosh, because <laughs> it is the story of my life. Say it um, again. <laughs> it really is. Romans 8.28 is the story of my life. I, um, I always felt like I knew what my plan and what my purpose was. Um, and I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. But, you know, life happens. Life knocks you down. Life takes you out. Uh, you know, a lot happens as you're living and growing and trying to become an adult and figure out what you want to do. And I feel like it's the one scripture that keeps me grounded. And it's the one scripture that lets me know that God got me. That is like my motto. All my friends will tell you, like, if I text my friend something, I'm like, God got you. Mm -hmm. And with that scripture, yes, uh, when God has a plan for you and you are following according to his plan and you love him and you show him that you love him in any way, I'm not super spiritual, so this is not going to be that. But exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But just, you know, when you obey certain things that God shows you and reveals to you, which is what was happening to me in life. Um, it's the scripture that sticks. It's the scripture that applies the most. And it's the scripture that I led with. So that's so crazy that you noticed that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's the little things, man. It's the little things. Right, it's important. Things. And I hope a lot of the ladies listening in now, because I know it's a tough world that we're just, we're, we're connected, but we're separated. And right. it's easy to lose your morals. So it's so important that you put good stuff out there. Because you, like I said, you never know who's watching. But, you know, my next question is because a lot of people don't know is you, so you played basketball from when, when did you start playing basketball and then all the way to Stony Brook? And then what kind of happened after your basketball playing career? Yeah. So I played basketball starting at seven years old. Ooh, um, I have an older brother who is five years older than me. So I was just his little sister always tagging along and going with him to his games and practices and things like that. And I just couldn't sit down in a gym. And so naturally was just drawn to basketball, played in um, high school, played AAU, and then got recruited to Stony Brook. Um, I got recruited to other schools too, but I specifically chose Stony Brook because they have a really good med school. So I thought I was going to go to their med school and yeah, we could get into all that. But um, (laughs) then I played at Stony Brook my four years. I was the starting point guard sometimes, like the two guard. And um, when Stony Brook, so I graduated Stony Brook in 2012, um, that summer of graduation, I went to a tryout to play basketball um, for a team in Puerto Rico. And yeah, and I was chosen to go, um, but then I also had gotten to grad school. Um, At the time I was going to grad school to be a social worker. So I got into grad school at Stony Brook and it was gonna be paid for Um, so then I had to make the hard decision of weighing my pros and cons of like going to play basketball in a foreign country where I don't know anybody, not really that much or going to school for free. And so I chose to go to school. So that's when that, that, yeah, that's a difficult, that's a difficult, so kudos to you because I know that's not an easy one to make. Yeah. From seven years old all the way to 20, 14 years. Right. That's not easy. Actually, we had, I had a, one of the lacrosse, no, she's, she, yeah, so Eileen, she was a, she is a coach at Brown University, a lacrosse coach at Brown University, mm-hmm. and she had to give up, she had to give up a head coaching title because her husband moved to coach at this school, and she's now volunteered there. If you guys go back and listen to it, 
It's yeah. making FEMA athletics cool. And what we don't understand is how difficult it is when there's not a lot of money in that particular sport. <laughs> you know, we're right. football yeah. guys, basketball guys, so we can make a move like that. And you know, that what she just conveyed is extremely, extremely challenging because she loves the sport just as much as any other guy. Right. But because the organizer doesn't have the money, it's like, all right, I got to do what I got to do. So yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just have to make that point. No, no. And you're right. And when you're com when you make those kinds of tough decisions, the best thing to do is obviously consult with whoever your support system is, but weigh the pros and cons. And that was such a huge con for me. The fact that mm -hmm. I'm going to be so far away and not be compensated. Not that I just want to play. I will play basketball without getting paid. But yes. at the time, I'm fresh out of college, trying to figure out life. I don't have any money. So mm -hmm. for me to go so far and be separated from everyone that I know, um, when I could have stayed here and gone to school, it, it was really hard. But ultimately, like, I'm, th I'm thankful and I'm happy for the decision I made. I mean, you know, every, everything happens for a reason. So absolutely. Absolutely. And then so after that, you did you get you got into grad school and then I, I saw you went to kind of my neck of the woods. I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, so I know all about Hampton and Howard yeah. and that crew. So <laughs> can you talk a little bit about what what made you decide to go to Hampton? And, you know, I see you yeah. doing some big things. And I'll, I'll let you tell it before I, I interrupt. <laughs> um, so I went to. I went, so I said I had went to Stony Brook and originally because I wanted to become a doctor, which was always the goal. Yes. And, and as I was playing basketball and trying to balance out um, pre-med classes, that didn't really go too well. Those, those two didn't mix. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so my grades were terrible and I was not ready to go to medical school. So I was like, all right, well, I want to help people still. Mm -hmm. I need to learn about people. So the best way for me to learn about people um, and connect would be to be a social worker so how i went okay. to that's why i stayed at stony brook and did that i worked in the field for two years i was doing home visits um and it was dreaming it was but how does so with, with social how does yeah. that work you know what what kind of things do you do as a social worker i've, I've always wondered that i thought yeah. about getting that to myself too yeah i mean it's a it's a great profession don't get me wrong but it is very draining so it depends on what kind of um setting you want to be in like you could be a social worker in a hospital you could be a social worker in a school um you could do home visits like i would there's so many realms of what you can do as a social worker it's very broad um mm -hmm. i i fell into and i'm saying fell into because i knew someone who knew someone and that's how i got the job but right. i i fell into doing home visits so i was like going into literally people's homes having counseling sessions on their couch um at the time i was working with um middle school and high school girls right. and, and so i was just counseling them on whatever their struggles were at the time yes. and, and how they were balancing out that in their family life and their friends and um, right. wanting to like run away it was a lot it was it was really a lot um mm -hmm. for someone so young i was like 20 by the time i graduated i was 23 yeah. so like doing all that um it became right. very draining and i also knew that my goal was still to go into medicine yeah, yeah so when i end up at hampton me going to hampton was me um getting the prereqs that i needed for medical school mm -hmm. so i could apply for medical school and um through that program you end up with a master's I so got you. i got you nice nice yeah. nice that's awesome I, I could definitely resonate but what's cool about that though is and this is a lot like me is when i was 22 and i just graduated i got right into my own scouting company 
And I was, I was like I said, I was only 22 and I'm dealing with kids. I'm dealing with kids and I don't necessarily know how to be a coach yet. I don't necessarily know how to be that parent yet. So at 23, I, I can resonate with that feeling of, man, what do I tell a kid that's really struggling? I don't know. Right. I just got college myself. <laughs> right. But what's cool about it is it leads, it kind of leads me into what I really want to talk to you about is how you're starting, like you become an entrepreneur now with yeah. what you're doing. So I, the name of it is Lead Hers. And yeah. I know you listeners, listeners, I know you're probably sick and tired of hearing me talk about my niece, but I have to bring her up <laughs> because I love my niece very much and I wanted to get a hold of this. Um, what exactly are you doing with Lead Hers and walk us through how that happened. Okay, so Leaders is a mentoring program specifically for young women of color, young women being in middle school and high school. Oh man, perfect age. Jada, are you listening, girl? <laughs> I hope so, Jada, you can sign up, okay? Um, but the focus is, I felt like there was a need, right? Like you had mentioned social media before. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so much out there that I feel like I'm seeing young girls. Remember, I, I was a social worker with young girls. I also was yeah. a basketball coach with high school girls and middle school girls. So I, I know what's going on in that hmm. age group. And I just felt like there's just this need for young women to start learning how to come together okay. and seeing like us being supportive of one another, being positive with one another, and forming like a sisterhood that is built with love and positivity. Mm -hmm. And so because I felt like there was a need for it, I have been a mentor with other programs and I'm like, man, I, I think I could create my own. I've always wanted to, I never thought that it would actually happen, but I, I was just like, man, I think that this would be something good. Like, and who better to lead it than me? Because I've been working in these areas all throughout my 20s. So mm -hmm. how it came about is me at home during COVID, like the beginning of COVID, because we're still in COVID, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, basically. <laughs> but I was at home and just sitting there and I just felt this, this like, this fire, I guess, inside of me, kind of like my passion for it, like just brewing. And I'm like, you know what? Don't be fearful. Just go ahead and create it. And I created it back in may i actually put it i guess it became a business in june and um i finally and i'm saying finally because it took some time it took a couple months but i finally got um i have five girls so far enrolled in the program and we are starting our first session this thursday so awesome, awesome. yep well, with, without giving too much away, what can what can parents like? What can my sister or someone that's willing? To, well, first of all, is it just a local thing at the moment? Because I know it's fairly new. Yeah, no. So, um, because of COVID, it is on Zoom, so it's going to be. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, right now, the girls that I have signed up are in New York and New Jersey, but I wanted to. My vision is for it to be beyond me, mm -hmm. and and. I can have multiple people being mentors, multiple girls from all over the country being mentors. And then eventually like one weekend of the year, we'll do like an, a conference where we all get to get together and finally meet. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to tell, let's say your niece to sign up and what you would, you know, tell her mom, I mean, I have a website. I can put that out there. Yeah. Um, it's lead hers. So L E A D H E R S 
now now.now.com. Um, so all the information's on there, but I mean, anyone could sign up and she could join us on Zoom. And it's just, is it that easy? Right now there's no, there's, there's just come in, sign up in, and see what you, the kinds of things you guys are talking about. Yeah, so there is, um, there's a membership fee, which mm -hmm. is it's $35. So I didn't, I didn't want, this is not like a business that I'm really trying to profit off of, right? Right, so right, right. It's super um, ch cheap, if you want to say, and affordable, I should say. But um, yeah, she would fill out the application online. Then there's the fee you pay online. And right. then, um, I have consent forms for the parents and then right. the parents would sign them and then they would be a part of the program. Nice, nice. And, and well, like I said, you don't have to give too much away, but yeah. what specifically are they getting that first day that they wouldn't get at, at let's say someplace that's like a YMCA or other programs, other organizations that are doing similar work? I, I think what I foresee being the mm -hmm. difference maker um, in leaders and other programs is the true feeling of a sisterhood and being like supported, building your confidence. Yes. Um, being around other young ladies that we all, we're all gonna have this mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I say that, um, not to put any other program down, but I've been a part yeah, of yeah, programs yeah. and that, that just doesn't truly exist. And why I'm saying truly is because I know that that's who I am naturally. I wanna right. see women win. I wanna see everybody be successful. So if I'm leading it, I feel like, it's only going to have that kind of energy associated with it. Right. Now, when, when you say sisterhood and, and being, being connected together, mm -hmm. you play basketball and you, you know the feeling of having teammates where a lot of ladies don't play sports. But right. what, how do you combat that? Because what's natural within a lady is that they compete with other women. That's yep. part of the, the deal. Yep. <laughs> I mean, from when they're young, compete with them for guys, compete with them for, for jobs, compete uh, with them for how they look. It, it is, and one of my best friends growing up was a female. And I, listen to me, I, I am scarred for life. Listening. <laughs> Why do you say that? <laughs> because listen, they, they kind of gossip and the kind of things that she, and this is, this is a girl, and I'm not going to say her now, I'm not going to put her on blast, but she knows yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> her breasts, and then she got her boyfriend, and she's got her first friend. I could tell you the guy she first French kiss. Uh huh. And everything just changed. I mean, from that point on, all we talked about was guys. She stopped running track. She started <laughs> drinking, started smoking weed in, in high school, just a completely mm -hmm. different girl. And, you know, yeah. this is my best friend, so I, I felt like I lost my best friend. And, and the more I grow and the more I'm around women and I work in fitness, I've dealt with divorces, I've dealt with just one wrong decision, one wrong man and their lives are ruined. Yeah. It's, it's almost like sometimes it's part of our- Sometimes we think that, but huh? it's not. I said, sometimes we think that as women, but it's not right. the case. It's never the case. Your life is never over because of a man. And how do you combat that thinking though? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I, I see it and I try to do it doing what I do. I try to help them. And mm -hmm. that's why I depend on organizations like what you're doing to help me because sometimes it's too much. Like they'll give me everything. I feel like a therapist at times. <laughs> and it's been like that since I was young and I had that 
female best friend. So if you could speak on that a little bit. Honestly, the way to combat that is to see it. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if you are a part of something that, you know, we don't, we don't down talk things, you know, we, we monitor the language that we use, not saying like you know, curse or whatever, but like right. things that have negative connotations, right? If you're mm-hmm. around that and you see that and, and that's the image of, of what you see and it's what you're a part of, that's how you combat it. It's so easy to talk bad about people, to talk bad about a man if things go wrong, talk bad about friends, exactly. whatever, right? But when you have other people in your life, specifically women, honestly, that's who you really like see it from. But when you have other people in your life who are like, no, I'm not going to focus on those things okay, something goes wrong, let's focus on the positive, what's the positive of that wrong situation, right? When you're around that, it feeds into that. And that's what I'm trying to, or that's what I'm hoping to build yes. leaders. And, and I want to build that when we're young. That's why, yeah. that's why it's focused on middle school and high school girls, because if we can start having these sorts of conversations and having, and having mm-hmm. these changes of thoughts and changes of how we see things and you know, how we see people, then by the time they get to my age, then, or high school or college, or whatever, then yeah. maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, there's a hope, but maybe it starts with this small group and that can start to spread and we can just have more positivity because you're right, women compete all the time. It's something I've experienced, which is why I'm like, okay, no, our young girls need this. Our young girls need to be fed with confidence. Our young yeah. girls need to be fed fed with positive positive words affirmations things like that and, and two i think when you said the right word fed with confidence because there's going to come a time where you have to grow up and be your own woman and having just having someone like you to talk to i think makes the biggest difference yeah because you've been on college campus i, I was dude i was never a drinker until i got <laughs> until i got this story but <laughs> but it's like it was so accessible yeah, and I just went off, but I had coaches. I played football since I was seven, a lot like Tamil. I had those coaches to go back to, to where there was only so far I could stray. Because once yeah. that name Aswan Crookshank came up, it's like, nah, he, he ain't, he ain't going to go too crazy. He's probably just showing out because that's where he was. But right. having that, and I hope there's a lot of, you know, listen, hope eventually I'm sure you're going to open it up for other mentors to help you out. But oh, yeah. if you're hearing what she's saying, simply be there as a positive influence. The issue with that girl that I brought up earlier was her mother lived her life through. Her mother was one of those kind of mothers that made her feel like she wasn't cool if she didn't party. Like uh, there were things that were said to me where I I shouldn't, I'm like, yo, I should not be getting told these things because they would shop their daughters. And it's sad because I'm in a world where there are middle-aged women, women who have still lived their life through their daughters and they're pushing them to get them in and do this and do that. It's sickening. It's sickening to see it. See, but then, okay, flip side of that, right? Imagine how she felt, your friend, Mm -hmm. in that that kind of environment, Mm -hmm. right? So then who knows? I mean, we don't know. Maybe her switching certain things or when she got a boyfriend being all into him or whatever, you know, that that could have been rooted from however her household was. Exactly. I, and I was, listen, I was there throughout, like I said, second grade, we were joint at the hip. Yeah. And this, it, it's common in Caribbean communities because that, that's the one thing I'm trying to help out is 
we party too much, guys. I'm going to call y'all out there straight up. <laughs> we party too much. We get it, and we got to grow out of that. We got to grow out of that because it's killing our young generation. And mm -hmm. I'm, I know it sounds like I'm bashing it, but she and I had a lot of great conversation, a lot like me and Tamil are doing now, is that don't make them feel just because they're not a trend. She wasn't light skinned and all these things. And you know the, the kind of the stereotypes when it comes to darker skinned girls. She yeah. didn't have all those things. So there would be so much. I can only imagine what she was dealing with, with and that mother making her so feel like, all right, there. you got to look prettier. You got to do this. And again, track done, all of that stuff done. Yeah. It was weed and liquor in high school. So that's what we're doing when we're making our young women feel like they're not pretty enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I tell my niece, like, now, look, you're beautiful. You're someone that actually she's learning Chinese. A oh. 10 to 11 year old learning Chinese. Like your uncle's proud of you. So wow. whenever you get someone coming in and talking about how beautiful you are, whatever, nine times out of 10, it's going to stop there. And it's so important that we as men and women, but men specifically, I'm calling you out, tell your young people it don't matter the looks, it's what's going on on the inside. So if you want to yeah. speak on that a little, I know I, I, I start oh to vent and, and rant a little bit on these. No, it's just the no. subject gets me so fired up. No, you and me both, because <laughs> I feel the same exact way, which, again, which is why I want to do something for our youth to where we're building up their confidence, because I wasn't always the most confident. I'm sure none of us are, or oh. were the most confident, you know, kid, or even now as an adult, like, there's things we still struggle with, but you're right, like, there's just so much that's put on kids. It's so, man, with this social media stuff, there's just so much out there where, I, I believe and I've seen young girls are distorted in what they think is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I'm here to let them know that you are beautiful how God made you. If you want to enhance something or if you want to add something, if that's what you want to do for you, that is fine. But let's talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. let's, and and um, on our website, I have, um, I'm, uh, excuse me, I'm like stuttering. I have what we're, what we call sister topics and sister yes. topics are the, discussions that we will have at our sessions and one of them is about beauty I yes. will ask my girls what what do they think you know mm -hmm. how, how do they see beauty and you know who who are the people that we find beautiful so now was it difficult as a basketball player coming up because there's there's a lot of them that there's a perception of stereotypes amongst basketball players yeah that you know it's not cool to play sports or whatever it is you're not going to get a man if you're balling or whatever was it difficult coming up because of you're a basketball player I'm not sure how much it changed I, I know honestly I know Scarlett between Scarlett Diggins Candace Parker and Keila Stone I know they changed the, the perception of what female players are yeah <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious to hear your answer on that yeah I mean for me no it wasn't <laughs> it was not hard right. <laughs> I mean I think that I'm I think that I am attractive, right? I feel yeah. confident enough to say that. I think I'm attractive. And she so, is. I know you're not looking at her now, but she is too much. She was always oh like God. that in college, but go ahead. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I'll put it out there. <laughs> but um, I think that I was a cute basketball player, and guys would tell me that growing up. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't personally struggle with that. But what I do know that exists in terms of the stereotype is people yes. assume that you like women because you play basketball. So right. that's something that I did get asked a lot. And um, I, I'm, I don't know how much of that exists now. Times are different, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. can see, you can clearly see, you know, what people are into nowadays. But 
um, I don't know. I don't, I didn't personally really, really experience that. I don't think any of my friends did. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the guys we dated played basketball because it was, it's the world we were in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I remember, was it, was it Danny? Danny? Yeah. Like right. I remember. Yeah. And she's doing, she's pretty much doing the same thing. And that's what it leads to growth. I thought I felt like, I always felt like the fact that you guys are physically attractive, but still hooping, it forces mm-hmm. us to have that conversation as men. I also so think it's men yeah, to yeah. look at women differently. Yes, yes. That's right? the way, I mean, living proof example of it. Yeah, like I, I think that men are, maybe now, like you said, like we have the Skylar Diggins and the Candace Parkers and they definitely changed the way women were viewed as basketball players. But yes. I think that now more so, especially with social media, you have more and more girls who are like, nah, I'm feminine. Or no, I like to wear makeup or I wear heels. I know that yes. I know that for me, this is gonna sound so crazy, but I couldn't do it in college because you had to dress like the team. But I know for me growing up, I was always the girl that came to the to games with purses. Like I didn't wear uh-huh. jeans bags. I didn't have <laughs> Wow, that's cool. Right? But it's that's <laughs> different, right? And I like I would have my hair done, my nails done, but that was just me. That was what was comfortable for me. And so it's it's changed now. And I think that it, it forces men to look at women in general and not just put us in that box of like, oh, well, you're a ball player, so you must be, or you're not as good as you're like, mm-hmm. no, now I think it's we're 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 noticed. That is a <laughs> you're officially part of a trend setting culture in women's <laughs> basketball. Yeah. Because that's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, I man, it's so awesome to hear that because that's the way I grew up and it's mm-hmm. like you got to sacrifice one or the other it's like you either gonna hoop or you're gonna be mm-hmm. with them and to hear yeah. you say that it's like man beautiful you can do both you can be a very attractive young lady and play ball and for you ladies listening in out there you you bring so much more to the table because yeah. you open our eyes to another world usually we go to club we see someone fine and that's it there's no yeah. conversation but now it's a day-to-day deal to where our lives can change, especially at the age in which, you know, you're going to college and, and you're looking mm-hmm. to do something great with your life. And just like I said at the beginning, people are watching. And I, they may not be saying, but they're going to be watching and you're around like-minded people. And you never know the way things are going to connect 10, 15 years down the line. Don't so sacrifice at all at that age. It's not the end of the world at no. that age. Man, I've seen so many of them go. Yeah, (laughs) and we all have. And I think that for me personally, I have had really great mentors. Not Mm -hmm. not even trying to like tie it back into my program, but like I have had really great mentors, women that I absolutely admire. And I didn't just admire them because they're beautiful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they had so much substance. And I would be like, oh my God, like how can you be that beautiful? And have this much substance and have this going and that going like they were just awesome and so like you said like you never know who's watching I've always well I still watch these women to this day and I'm right much older but I I think that I am the way that I am because of them right like I I look at some of my mentors and I'm like dang like I aspire to have something like her whatever it is Mm -hmm. and I think that I've always carried myself in that way because the women around me carried themselves in that way and i don't mean just women around me friends wise 
mm-hmm. older people too I, you know my mom and her friends things like that like I've, I've seen it so it plays it, it does play an, an important role um mentorship and stuff and I guess to tie in that that's the point of like my program if you see it in front of you yes it's it's more natural to to be drawn to that and connect with that now how does one eventually become a mentor and this will be my final quote i'll close with this one oh um mm. it's, it's kind of like the same process as the um as the mentee mm-hmm. application there's an application on there um to fill out there's also a fee to join as a as a mentor member um i have had people fill out the mentor application so that's really cool um i just would like to i want to start with the girls that i have and as exactly the, right yeah and then as the program grows then those people will definitely be given like their own group of girls and that would be awesome yeah well the reason i ask is i have I, i'm at I'm a gym and there were two trainers that i work with Mm-hmm. Tavia and Nicole, they're both former basketball players. Oh, both of them. One's actually in med school and oh, the other yeah. one, she's working at, she, she coached, yeah, she coached high school basketball and I know she'd be interested and I know they're going to be listening. And so Nicole, Tavy, I gotcha, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> uh, yeah, one, I, uh, she lives in Connecticut. One lives in Connecticut, right? Are you still in New York, by the way? No, right now I'm in Ohio. Um, uh, I'm doing my four, I call it a bid, right? I'm doing my four year bid here because I'm in medical school here. Oh, okay. I'll be in Ohio. Bid, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, yo. It's so tough, okay? It's so hard. (laughs) She called it a bid. It is, it is. And I'm sure your friend, she just talked about, I'm sure she feels the same way. But um, uh, I'll be out of here in 2024. What, What school in Ohio? I'm at Wright State Boonshaw School of Medicine um, in Dayton, Ohio. So Dayton, yeah, that's tough. I had a friend that's in Cincinnati. <laughs> I think that was like, he said like that's the only part of Ohio that you would want to visit. Cincinnati. How far is that? It's an hour. I'll go there as often as I can because it's the nicest uh, city, you know, that's close by. So, yeah. Right. The Natty. Man, we used to go at it. All <laughs> right. So, Tamil, the, the one thing I do with all my guess as I do this thing called word association. I'm going to say four words and you just give me a one word answer of what you feel or what you think when you hear these four words. Cool? All right. Word number one, mentorship. Needed. Ooh, nice. (laughs) Word number two, education. Important. All right. Word number three, professional. Uh, I don't know why class just came to mind. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> Professionals are, are, you know, we have class. We all have some bit of class with us. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And the final word, woman. Powerful. Woo! Boom! <laughs> the mic drops. Uh, and she, that one was quick. Did you guys catch that one? Woman. Powerful. Man. Because <laughs> we so are. Good. We need to, ladies, we need to say it, we need to embrace it, and we need to continue to spread it amongst each other. We are not in competition with one another. We are sisters. All right. Now, before I officially, officially, I know you already mentioned your websites and stuff like that, but feel free to plug away and let people know how they can get in touch with you, and hopefully you get get some traffic after this. Yes, please, guys. Um, You can check out our leader's Instagram 
Um, it's at underscore leaders, leaders is L-E-A-D-H-E-R-S. Um, we also have a website, leadersnow.com. Um, and my name's Tamil, so I make posts just randomly through my page as well. Um, but please connect with us if you have any young girls, um, young girls of color um, in, eighth, in middle school or high school, please have them check out the website if they want to sign up. All are welcome. And if anyone's interested in being a mentor, same thing. All are welcome. I would really appreciate it. Beautiful, beautiful. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. That's kind of been 2020 in a nutshell, to have uncomfortable conversations and to deal with uncomfortable things, but also figure out an action plan to make things better. Obviously the hardest conversations are having with my nieces and my nephews and my daughter. Just explaining to them through their innocence, like what's happening in the world and that some people don't see the world the way that you do. I have so much hope because of those conversations that they're gonna finally get it right. I've grown up in a predominantly white school system from K through 12. And I would lie to you if I said I didn't ever experience racism. My parents always told me, you can do whatever you want. When I first went to the park, because I was a girl, I got picked last. And then the next time I made it my mission, like I was gonna be the one picking the team because we were gonna win every game. It's understanding the limitations that people put on you when you first walk into the door. But I don't know if it was as daunting as it was when I went to Knoxville, or even when I was on my own coming out to California, or even as an African-American woman going overseas and seeing the way that the world sees black women. So I think it's just about perspective when people try to put individuals in a box and then get mad at them because they don't fit. <laughs> don't get mad at me because I don't fit what you think I am. I'm definitely a vet in basketball, but I love seeing obstacles that people put up and say you can't do something and trying to, to break those down. There's a lot of young kids that are coming in that when I play, that's them playing against me and I try to use that as motivation. I'm gonna just keep my eyes on the prize and move the game forward. I have so much hope because we have a generation of young women and men that have grown up with women athletes as role models. What I'm fighting for is the fact that girls that play team sports go on and have successful careers because everything is a team sport. And there's top CEOs that played team sports. I love to watch my daughter interact with her team, to watch them fight through line drills when they can't hit a free throw at the end of practice watch when somebody gets knocked down to see who helps them up. That's what gives me joy, is because I'm able to see it a second time from another perspective of all the things that I was able to get from basketball and I just didn't even realize it. I believe the meaning of life is legacy. So for me, it's definitely my kid and it's definitely just an energy. You either leave something or you take something and I'd rather leave something. I hope that there are certain things that come to mind when people think of me when I'm no longer here, or no longer a part of the game of basketball, or no longer on earth, that brings people together. And so I think legacy is definitely the meaning of life. Like if you don't have a legacy, then like, 
What are you doing? Anything you want 